On a scale of one to 10, how good would you say you are with taking care of your own hair? I'm gonna venture a guess and say a good amount of us probably don't get top marks. During this pandemic, especially, I'm sure most of us have fled to the safety of top knots, hats, ponies, and head wraps to avoid dealing with it altogether. For a lot of women of color, being disconnected with their stylists takes on a whole new meaning. This week, we get the extreme joy of talking to Niani B, hairstylist and braider, who was recently tapped by New York Magazine and BuzzFeed to talk about her online braiding classes. And believe me when I say, I got questions. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this educational episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so we can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child. The one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. If this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad, and let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. again for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me here on beauty reform school yeah no problem (laughs) (laughs) let me just tell you the reason that i snatched you the reason that i wanted to talk to you so bad is because we have been in desperate need over here to have a conversation about hair we have been dying to talk about hair here on beauty reform school so I really, really appreciate it. And I, I was looking at your your stuff on Instagram and it, I was just like, yes, absolutely. Have you always been into hair or was it an adult thing? Did you get into it as an adult or what was it? I would say as a preteen. So I grew up with locks. Mm-hmm. Um, I had locks before I can remember. Like if I want to see a picture of me as a child without locks, um, we go back to like age maybe two. So like I don't even remember not having locks. Wow. And locks was not, you know, accepted in the society um, when I was growing up. I'm 31. So this is like the early 90s. And here I am, a child in school with locks. Right. And so um, I spent most of my childhood pleading and um, going back and forth with my parents about cutting them off because I didn't want them because it, it brought a lot of stuff. So right. that's kind of where my love for hair came from. And it's really bad that it wasn't my hair, but I guess I had to go through that to get to where I am today. I mean, we went through the just for me commercials and me wanting a perm and like I was just all over the place. And so when I finally cut them off, I was like 12 and um, my mom was not paying for me to get my hair done every week. I didn't think that all the way through. But she did lots. <laughs> right. She did lots. Um, she did natural hair. 
um, just as like a little side gig or whatnot. But mm-hmm. the stuff that I wanted as a 12 year old, she was not doing and she was not paying for me to get done. So I had to figure <laughs> it out. And that's kind of how I got into hair. Well, that's still really cool. You know what? Um, when I was a kid, I wanted locks really, really bad. And my mom was not with it at all. And she wasn't with it at all. And she, she, I thought I was going to be slick, right? So I thought I was going to quietly grow locks <laughs> under her, <laughs> under her nose. And she saw my hair one day and she was like, I'm going to tell you something. One day I'm going to give you a comb. And if you can't comb through your hair, I'm cutting it off. And so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And I still was trying to be slick about it. And one day she gave me a comb and I could not comb through my hair. And she kept her word and she cut it all off. Oh my goodness. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Oh, that had to be traumatizing. Oh yeah. I had to go to school (laughs) bald (laughs) headed. I had very little hair. I might have had about mm, maybe an inch, inch and a half worth of growth. On mm-hmm. my head when she when I she sent me to school the next day. Right, you don't like you don't look far ahead and like think about all of that. Because, yeah, like I had friends. I went to an African centered school growing up, so luckily my school and like my mom's friends, everybody either had natural hair or had locks, so that was normal. Right. But when we get into summer school or school programs that included students from other schools, that's when like the teasing came in. Like, why do you got locks? Are those braids? Uh, what's wrong with your hair? Like all of that stuff came in, and when I cut them off, I didn't think about what the next step was. It was just I'm getting these locks out my head. Right, but my hair wasn't done. My hair is only probably like two and a half, three inches long because I cut them instead of combing them out. Right, and it was like so now you bald headed. So now right. those you know jokes. Came right, in. then you get like, teased for that, which yeah. I never really you know I never really fully got that you know. I never got why people, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people of color do, you know, you have a couple of different schools of thought on it, but there's always those people that like to just make jokes about bald headedness and this and that and the other. And I never, ever got that. Like what, I don't understand what the problem is. Like why, what, like why is someone worthy of getting teased because their hair is short? What's it's like a long it's a long list and I'm sure it comes from somewhere. Somebody's gonna have to do the research and find out why. Right. And mainly I would say African Americans because there's other cultures, you know, with pe- black people of African descent where short hair is a thing. Right. It's right? the norm. With girls. And right. It's, it's normal and the at least I don't know that the teasing happened. So yeah. somebody has to do some research on that on why. Yeah, have I have my own theories that. about it. I think a lot of mine think I think it comes off from um Eurocentrism and like, uh, you know, also homophobia, I think, because I think that they look at girls with short hair as, you know, not being as feminine, I think. And then also, I think that we have, you know, Eurocentric standards a lot of the time. Yeah. So people want long, straight hair as is a sign of beauty and a sign of, you know, this and that. So I think it's a combination of those two. That's what I think. That's my. It's unfortunate. I think we're coming around now. Social media has helped now that you're not, instead of being like the one of five people in your community that has short hair, now you're online and can see hundreds of thousands of black women with short hair. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's short and steady work, though. It's slow and steady work, I mean. Like, it's, you know, it's so many more women with short hair, and the all of it looks amazing. 
and mm-hmm. but you know there's still some people who are just still stuck on that one ideal so but you know they'll just be there and we'll be over here right yep absolutely and you know what it's funny is a recent episode um that we did here at beauty reform school we had i told a story about uh people touching hair and I definitely wanted to know your take on that. Do you have you experienced that at all? Like, you know, with people trying to put their hands in your hair? Absolutely. Especially growing up with locks when having locks was like not a norm. Like locks is fashion now. I mean, people even put faux locks in their hair. Right. So being young then, not only with locks, but we just talked about that whole thing with short hair. When you have locks, your hair can appear to grow faster than it would without locks because the shed hair is going into the locks. So you're not right. really losing hair. Right. And so I had, you know, shoulder length hair. And at some point it might have been below my shoulders. And so people were always like, oh, my God, are those braids? Can I touch it? And it would be people who looked just like me. And sometimes it was people who didn't look right. like me. And my mom always told me how sacred you know, my hair was in my space and to protect your space. So right. my answer was always no. Now, I do remember being in college and there being a girl who looks like me, you know, just amazed at my hair. You know, she wore so wins. I wore my hair natural. And I think I came to school with like a twist out. And so my hair was like super fluffy and like there was definition. She was like, wow, like, how did you do that? Can I touch it? And I said, sure. And I had to think about it for like a minute before because I was so used to saying, no, don't don't touch my hair. But she looked like me and I thought maybe she was interested. Maybe she had been thinking about going natural and just really didn't know what her hair looked like, felt like, what it could do. And to see somebody that looked like her out, you know, rocking their natural hair confidently, she just wanted to experience. Because for so long, a lot of us didn't know what our hair felt like like or what it looked like what our curl pattern was yeah for sure if I could contribute to helping somebody understand their hair better especially as a hairstylist I'm all for it yeah and I think a lot of people uh still don't know that I think more people know it now during this pandemic for sure <laughs> that means they're learning <laughs> yes, more about absolutely. their natural hair pattern right now and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm all about protecting your space. So I don't let just any and everybody. You just you got to assess the situation. If it's can I touch your hair just because I'm interested. I don't have hair that looks like yours. It's just like, oh, my God, you know, let me touch this. It looks so different. Right. right. Assessing the, the situation. Like I'm always I'm not just letting any and everybody to ask to touch my hair touch my hair and I can say it doesn't happen often not as often as when I was younger especially now since um there's a lot more people who you know black girls just like me who are rocking their natural hair right and then also the conversation is coming up about black women and their hair and why it is such a sensitive topic and so a lot of people who don't look like us now understand that they probably shouldn't ask to touch our hair like we're not right play at a zoo right (laughs) this is a part of our body like we don't want you to touch it then that should just be okay I also think culturally a lot of people don't um realize this that um you know in different cultures relationship to hair is different and Mm -hmm. as a rule we were always taught not to touch our own hair so let alone having someone touch else touch it is I think a little taboo as well like you know it's just not culturally I don't think you know, 
and like you said also about space and energy too you mm -hmm. know you don't you don't invade someone's personal space like that's one thing that's number one right but number two you don't you don't touch people's hair that's a part of them that's an organic part of their body you don't touch it it's just like you wouldn't touch someone's face although i've had people try <laughs> although you don't even though you should not touch another person's face people do try and it's the same is true for hair and a lot of people don't I guess sometimes cross-culturally people don't realize that you know yeah yeah it's just so in, in in summation everyone do not touch another person's hair without an invitation just don't right you know? I'm with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure um, and also, I was really excited when I was looking at your Instagram page because I just love the fact that you are offering services to kind of teach people how to do their own hair. And did you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So um, during quarantine, like right at the beginning before the whole world shut down, um, I created a safe space for Black girls that never learned how to write the longest title ever, but it was so necessary. Um, and so basically I created a safe space for black women who never learned how to braid, you know, to learn how to braid. And I thought that I was just creating a space for them to learn, but it's been so much more than that. We have like our private Facebook group. We go live privately um, every week, Thursdays and Saturdays. And I do a live class and I'm teaching like the basics of cornrowing. So a lot of people came in thinking, it was going to be like your typical, you know, YouTube video that just explains mm -hmm. the process and you just, you better catch on. Right. But um, this is a little different. I've broken it all the way down, really found um, a way to teach people who just didn't understand the concept of how does a basic plait turn into a cornrow. And then we also teach basic plaits too. If we have women who, you know, don't know how to construct a basic plait. And, you know, single braid, whichever yeah. you call it. And so we basically just cover the basics. And then we also have an intermediate class now that teaches how to add extensions. And that's because people were excelling and like really learning and like super excited about learning. Like, oh my God, you know, I've been doing this for years and I have never been able to construct the cornrow. I can do that. Like, what else you got? What else you got? I need to wow. Okay. <laughs> so we start teaching so many other things so we have two classes now and it's been amazing it's been that is amazing that really I'm... is because I don't think a lot of people even know that that's something like that's available out there to them right Where, how can we find you on Facebook um our group is private so once you register for class we give you access to that but that's also called a safe space for black girls that never learn how to braid the website is just a safe space for blackgirls.com. And from the website, we kind of just walk you through the steps of getting registered, getting into the Facebook group. Um, and then I also do live uh, live tutorials. Kind of had to think about that for a minute. It's kind of like a tutorial. We call it Tutorial Tuesdays mm -hmm. on Tuesday on Instagram. So that's Niani underscore B. And mm -hmm. we have various topics, somewhat, I guess, like a live podcast almost. Sometimes we do physical demonstrations that there might be a motto it might be my own hair but sometimes we're just talking with women in the beauty industry about different techniques um mm -hmm. that happen so like we we've talked to black dermatologists about hair and scalp and you know nice. black women who make hair extensions and things of that nature because as a hairstylist a natural hairstylist in particular I specialize in not just protective styling but maintaining healthy hair so we're not just out here being cute we're actually taking care of our hair that is underneath 
so that we can wear extensions or whatever protective style we choose as a choice and not as our only option. That is, that's fantastic. And as always, I am going to post these links on the blog, everyone, at beautyreformschool.com. If you want to, after listening to this episode, you can go on over there to the blog and you can get these links. So that will be available there. Okay. Um, another question, since we are at Beauty Reform School, what is one of your favorite products? It could be anything. Makeup, skincare, hair care. What's your favorite for you? Like, what do you love? Uh, look, that's so tough. Uh, and only you know I have a a company that curates natural beauty products so it's basically all of my favorites but I would say Alakia Naturals Lemongrass Leave-In Conditioner is an all-time favorite like I'm a type 4 girl my hair is forever thirsty and Mm -hmm. Alakia Naturals gets me all the way together like I go through bottles of those we actually just did a tutorial Tuesday with her this week and I was just talking about how many bottles of their lemongrass leave-in I go through. I mean, I have it by the gallon in the salon. Mm-hmm. That's how much I love it. I, yeah. Well, leave-in conditioner, I've only just maybe the last few years started to truly appreciate leave-in conditioner. Right. Yeah. Only recently. I, I should have, and that's that's a shame because I'm old. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we were, I mean, we didn't have this many options. Like when I first started doing natural hair professionally mm-hmm. I was 16 I want to say it was like 2005 or 2006 and the only options we had was Carol's Daughters and Miss Jessie's and that was for like products beyond right. just the grease well and, I love me some Miss Jessie's still though it's low key right, right. <laughs> I mean I still have I'm looking at a bottle of Miss Jessie's right now on my counter so I mm-hmm. still use both products uh, and they've definitely grown over the years. But those are the only options we had. And moisturizer, even that was new in 2006, getting yeah. it from Miss Jessie's or Carol's daughter had, you know, tons of moisturizers for her hair. Before that, I think we were all deep conditioning with the cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And pink lotion was our in-between thing. That and was so was... greasy, that pink <laughs> lotion. I loved it. I used it, though. I used it faithfully, but I, it I did, too. Greasy. That had the travel size bottles. Like, that was how we were, you know, moisturizing. <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot of options. But pink lotion has revamped their whole line. Uh, I've been oh, looking yeah. at it. Yeah, one of my students put me hip to it. So I've been looking at it, researching, watching videos, seeing how everybody else is feeling about the, the products in the line. And I might try it soon, see what they've done. Okay. I mean, it's been a minute, but okay. <laughs> so you looked and you said that you looked up the pink lotion and what did you say? They completely revamped their line. So they have a lot of the same products available now that a lot of the new natural hair care companies um, have, you know, from the leave-in conditioners to the stylers, and Mm -hmm. they didn't have all of that back then, so I don't know if it's still as greasy. I haven't tried it yet, but definitely looking into it. But see, then that goes right back to the pandemic for me, because I used to have this great hair shop right on my way home from work that I would swing by. It was right on the way, and at least once a week, and try out stuff and now they're closed right now so I can't even oh no can't even see them and I'm furloughed on top of that so I'm not even in town like that like I used to be where where are you located Philadelphia okay yeah yeah (laughs) 
It's been weird. How have you been holding up during that? Good. We were allowed to reopen back in July. Wow. Okay. And I um I chose to stay closed. So um, I was working at a salon before, and I reopened in August. I want to say, or the last week of July, and um in a private suite. So mm-hmm. I'm in and out of there. I'm not taking as many clients as I was before. Like six clients a day is now probably like two or three a day. Right. Um, you know, six, seven days a week sometimes is now only maybe two days, three days a week. And so, I mean, I've found a way. I've been lucky, though, um, with the class and being able to teach online and building a business that way. Also, my online beauty supply store has been, you know, shipping orders out every day. And so I've been able to kind of adjust to the change and been very fortunate. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm at that weird phase where I'm trying to figure out, you know, what next only because I did not, I honestly, I knew that this pandemic was going to last longer than most people were saying, but I didn't realize it was going to last quite this long. So now I'm trying to think of like a plan B, if you will. Yeah. I think that's where everybody's kind of at. Yeah. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is weird. But um, also, I was curious about something because, like, I tend to, I do, like, when I do any kind of hair extension, because I do it for, like, fullness, I'll do, like, an updo, and I like to add a little bit. I usually just pin in, but I've been really playing with the idea of crocheted braids. I've been really thinking about it. Um, do you, what's your thought on those? Um, it is a service that I offer. I prefer textured crochet braids. Um, right. Not it. Not a huge fan of like the faux locks or the the actual braids, but like curly crochet braids. Yeah. I really enjoy doing. I feel like it gives you the fullness, um, especially the ones that come out looking like you got a rod set or something like that. Like that's really cool. And I, yeah. I use um, Lashed and Hooked is a company that offers toxic free uh, extensions. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so we a lot of times we use that. Now, can you describe toxic-free? Because I think a lot of people aren't really aware or hip to that. Right. And this is new with us just being aware. There are no regulations as far as the type of chemicals that they put in our products. And that's, you know, our hair care products and also extensions. And nobody thought of that. And for the longest, Black women just dealt with the uncomfort of extensions, right? We're patting our heads. People were using rat tail combs to scratch their scalps. Right. Um, so many things were going on and there were signs that our, we were reacting to the chemicals mm-hmm. in the hair. And yeah. so they use tons of chemicals and then people realize that and start soaking hair in vinegar before putting it in their hair and like watching all of the stuff lift off the hair. And it was like, you got to remove all of this stuff before. I mean, it's synthetic. So it is chemicals that they use to like, or fibers to put it together. But sometimes they use things that are unnecessary just because it's cheaper cheaper mm-hmm. is not always better and so I always recommend that people use toxic free um, hair extensions synthetic hair extensions to be mm-hmm. specific but Latch and Hook provided us with that without having to soak the hair in vinegar and things like you know that going through these full steps because doing our hair already takes a long time and then now we're adding extra steps to get rid of chemicals Right, and it just becomes a whole ordeal but right. if you wear ex- any type of synthetic extensions 
and they are causing you pain, um, Mm -hmm. I would say ditch them and try and find one that is toxic free. Now, if you're allergic to a fiber, that they can't really help you with, but that's very seldom. Usually it's the chemicals that we're reacting to, and most of my clients have been happy to make the switch. Okay. Well, hopefully, if you can, send me the link to Latch and Hook as well, and I will put that on the blog, too. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Thank you. That is fantastic. You, you know, you have... You have opened a whole world that I hadn't even considered when it comes to braiding hair, you know? Like, my mom braided my hair for years, and she was one of those ones that did, you know, the really uh, the really great designs in my scalp, and she, she liked to top it off with the Afro puffs on the ends, and she did that whole thing. And I didn't even appreciate it back then, of course, you know? Yeah. Um, but I was like, wow, she really, like, did some, she did her thing, you know? Um. But yeah, I I definitely like I'm natural myself right now and I have a mohawk, but um I do a lot with the the hair in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. But every now and then I like to try and do something a little bit different and also I like to keep my maintenance simple, you know. Yeah. Um so I like protective styles a lot for that. Um Yeah, but but yeah, I think a lot of people don't have those skills. And they don't, I I appreciate the skills I do have with my own hair and I've been cutting my own hair for years. But um, I think a lot of people now, especially in this situation that we're in now, they're starting to become a little more self-sufficient with their hair, just out of necessity or whatever. So it's really nice that there's resources for people to learn more. And that's that's why I wanted to grab you because I'm just so glad that something's available like that you know yes it needed to be it needed to be there and a lot of people like were in my inbox or asking me you know during various interviews like was I afraid that I was gonna lose business by teaching people you know how to break and I was like no it's a necessary it's a it's a skill that is mm-hmm. necessary during a time like this right yeah. How, and especially because we're not just teaching braiding, we're teaching hair care. There were so many women that didn't know what their stylists were putting in their hair. Right? right. They just showed up for their weekly or bi-weekly right. appointment and let them mm-hmm. do their thing and their hair was healthy and that's all that mattered. And so right. now understanding our hair, understanding what needs to be used in our hair and then also having a skill like braiding is necessary. And when the world goes back to whatever normal is going to look like, Women are going to flop back to the, you know, hair salon. Yeah. My phones are always off the hook with people wanting mm-hmm. to book <laughs> appointments. But if right. they have that skill in their back pocket, should they should always ever have happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? To be able to just go and have someone else handle it and take care of it. Absolutely. I'm a stylist and I tell people all the time, I hate doing my hair. I mean, last yeah. winter I developed a whole um, or produced a whole satin line gateway line so satin line head wraps because I was wearing head wraps all the time like it was very seldom that people actually saw my hair in the salon and it was because I do hair all day and that was not relaxing for me to have to come home and do my right and so if I wasn't in somebody else's chair which was also seldom because that's not what self-care looked like for me as a hairstylist right if I wasn't in somebody else's chair then I am wrapping my hair up but it's gonna be stylish and it's gonna be healthy so I made sure I I kept satin on it for sure yeah for sure and it's um yeah it's um it's good to have these tools 
in your toolkit, even if you're not going to be using them when we go back to, like you said, whatever normal is going to be. Right. Um, it's still good to have these toolkits because you just, you can't rely on your beauty professional all the time. You never know what's going on with them. You never know what's going on with you. Right. So it's good to have, it's just good to have it in your back pocket, like you said. Absolutely. There were a lot of stylists that didn't return just because of the risk of having a job where you have to touch people every day. And, right. you know, COVID's not gone. No. <laughs> We're all taking a risk. So there's tons of stylists that didn't go back. And so women now between stylists, take my class and you can get through that transition period. (laughs) (laughs) Please take her class. Just so you know. And I mean, and there's, you got, you got women, you got men, you got women who are raising children that they need to braid hair. And maybe they're just like, Oh shoot. I never even had to think about this before I was sending my kids to the salon or whatever else. Now this is a great time to learn that skill. You know, it's a great time to learn that skill. And And go ahead. Yeah. Do you have um, people that uh, have biracial children? So that's where the topic has been very, um, a very sensitive topic. We started the class. Obviously, the class is called for black girls um, at the safe space. So it's very important that we keep that space safe. And so I let my students decide what that space was going to look like. So our founding members, if you have it, decided we took a vote because I'm not that girl. I, I know how to braid. I didn't need the safe space. I don't know what it feels like to be a black girl that does not know how to braid because I know. Right. And so I asked right. them. They were okay with assisting. However, they did not want them to be a part of the safe space. And I guess okay. people kind of think of it as inviting neighbors to the family meeting. Right. Right. This is our okay. space. This is our meeting. What we talk about, we kind of want to keep in this group. Um, we do have a group for natural hair supporters where we did have moms of biracial children joining. And it wasn't just for them. It was just anybody that didn't fit the black girl category. So we had brothers, dads, um, uncles, you know, right. parents who have adopted black children uh, in the mm-hmm. group. And that group wasn't just, we called it natural hair supporters because it wasn't just about braiding. They learned how to braid, but they also learned how to take care of hair. Not that we don't teach that in the other class. It's just when you're teaching somebody who does not have natural hair that they style, they, they, yeah. the language has to be a little bit different and the lesson has to be a little bit different. Because while black girls don't know how to braid, they know what braids are supposed to look like. They know what right. a roller or a rod looks like. They know right. what extensions look like, what brushes comb. When we talk about rat tail comb, things like that, they already know. They just know what need to know what to use, when to use it, and how to create this braid. Whereas in the other class, now we're learning, you know, what, wait, what's a rod? Like, what is that? Right, you right. Know, guys might that's actually that. very important. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's an interesting dis- distinction. That's a very, very interesting distinction because I've always been curious about that. I've had, you know, as a beauty professional, you know, I specialize in makeup and skincare, but, you know, I did go to cosmetology school. So, you know, I did learn about hair, even though that wasn't my twist, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but it's very interesting because I've had plenty of parents of biracial children come in and they were just beside themselves. Like they didn't know what to use and what to do. And I had to even ask, like, what kind of comb are you using? Right. You know, what kind of what are you doing with this? Like, what kind of conditioners are you using? And we had to, you know, start from scratch pretty much. And so that's what made me ask you the question. And that was like because, the feedback yeah. that we got. From, I remember 
when we first launched that space. Mm-hmm. And right now it's been kind of on pause since everything was happening with Black America. Um, right. We noticed a lot of people wanting to step back from the group. So it was like, wow, I had been detangling my daughter's hair wrong and I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Like she was crying right. and I thought that this was just a part of the process. I didn't know that I was supposed right. to be combing from Probably the end. Like going from like scalp to the ends or something. Yeah. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, just starting at the, the, the top of the scalp with a brush a lot of times Ooh. and moving to the end until the knots were gone and it was painful. For the yeah, child. I bet. Being able to learn, you know, no, we actually detangle from the ends and work our way up. It's tons of products out there that can make the process much easier and like introducing those things to them and that's why I say the class has been a little different and at first I like didn't want to separate the classes um just right. because I mean that's more on me and I try and keep the classes affordable mm-hmm. but to run two classes but after doing it we realized it was so it was so necessary like there needs yeah. to be separate spaces now in the safe space for black girls we do have some preteen and teenage girls whose mom you know, are not of African descent that have put them in the class so that not only they can learn about their own hair, but they can learn with women who are older, right? right. That might be able to give them some insight that they don't have to give them. And I've had moms inbox me like, thank you so much for allowing me to enroll my daughter because I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with her hair. She's becoming a young adult and I feel like she needs to be around people who look like her to learn. Right. And so we yeah. are happy to provide the space. See, and that's, that is essential. And like you were saying that I, you know, now that you're talking about it, it just makes me, makes it all the more clear to me. Like, you know, the curriculum would be different, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure that you could have had one class and everybody, but I do appreciate the fact that you created, like you said, a safe space for people of color to learn how to braid because it is important. It's a sensitive subject. There's a lot that needs to be learned and also to learn about your hair, the way that it comes out of your scalp is something very personal and private. Some dare even say spiritual, and it is important to have a safe space for that. So I'm really glad that you made that choice, actually. Yes, I'm happy to. And I mean, I've just been taking direction from, you know, God, the universe, whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. just been guiding me because I didn't expect any of this to happen. I was just like, I need to do something. Right. <laughs> what can it be? I never could have imagined that the New York Times would pick up the story and it would take off from there. So, it's yeah, just- I'm just I'm glad for you for sure. And I'm cheering you on because it's just I'm cheering you on because it is so very important. And I can't even tell you, like, I'm sure every woman of color has had their journey and they've had their struggle, I should say, when it comes to their own hair. Some some girls were blessed with a family that gave them positive reinforcement about their hair. Um, some people grew up where they didn't even mention it at all, or they looked at a, like a hardship or a, a curse. So it's important, though, that we get down to like loving our hair in whatever form. I'm not even going to be one to advocate being natural or not being natural. You know, that's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do. But whatever you do, it is important to understand your hair and know how to care for it and love it for what it is. I you agree. Know, this is very important. Yep. 
Oh, look, see, I told you this conversation was going to be a good one. I told you. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely going to put all the links. I'm going to make sure you send me those links so I can put them on the blog. And I, I urge anyone listening who wants to learn more about their taking care of their hair, I urge them to go and do that. Um, and as for, uh, you know, I, there, as for like the products too, I'm sure that's on your website, which we're also going to put on the blog as well. Am I right? Yes. Everything is on the website. You can get to classes, shopping, learn more about me. If you're local, you can book an appointment. Everything is on the website. See, look at that. Well, 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 well. Thank you so, so very much for coming to Beauty Reform School. Thank you so much for teaching us and helping us. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And be be sure if something new pops up, be sure to shoot me a message and let me know so I can talk about it. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you again. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. I really hope this episode was a help. I know it certainly was for me. Our relationship with hair has always been a struggle and just like every other facet of beauty, learning how to love and take care of your hair is an excellent tool for your toolkit. It doesn't have to be as scary as we might think. Be sure to check out the online classes and start gathering those tools for yourself. For those of you who are not people of color, I hope it gave you a little insight on someone else's experience. We all have things that are culturally specific to our lives, including our beauty routines. And for those of you who are raising biracial children, be sure to reach out to Niani and find out what educational tools you can grab for your babies. As always, please remember to like and share the episodes and follow and subscribe on Instagram and Facebook so you can keep up with the latest. There's some cool things in store and I can't wait to tell you all about it. And here's a moment of transparency. With this quarantine lasting way longer than I thought, life is changing at a rapid scale. This podcast has meant the world to me and I'm going to keep it up. But I don't know what's going on in the rest of my life. And that can be difficult and distracting oft times. Uh, But as you've seen, that doesn't stop me from getting in here and putting an episode out every single week. Uh, We got world troubles. We got life troubles. We got health troubles. We are, things are, I'm not even going to tell you how things are because I'm sure you're quite, quite aware And, you know, the neighborhood's been hot and things have been crazy over here, but I'm still going to do it. Um, But I need your help. I need your help. I need you all to engage and share and ask questions and help me tick this algorithm up through the roof. Could you imagine if this was the thing that I could do all the time? That would be incredible. But I need you for that. 
So please, 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 please go on social media, Instagram, Facebook, follow the social media pages, like, share, comment, ask questions, show that we are listening and that we're busy on this podcast so we can start moving forward and upward. You know, like I always say, I want to grow, but I want to grow together. So there's that. Also, feel free to write in and ask your questions and tell me the kind of episodes you want to see or the kinds of makers and creatives that you want to hear from. As I gather people for the podcast, I'd love to know this information. So thank you ever so much for listening. And thank you in advance for listening in the future. And pencils down. Class is dismissed. And I'll see you next week.